electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber. He's Jim Cramer. We are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures. Of course, we get started with trading on what Jim and I still like to call hump day. Hump day. Yeah, uh, you can see we are looking for a, a down open. Uh, our roadmap this morning, though, starts with the increasingly crowded EV market. Whoa. Electric trucking SUV uh, company Rivian is making its public debut today. It could be one of the largest IPOs that we have seen on these shores in quite some time. So true. We're also going to talk about the risks of rising inflation. Consumer prices, they moved up at the fastest pace in three decades. We're going to have one of the biggest names in media join us to weigh in on the breakup of GE Discovery CEO. David Zaslav will join us on the phone in a few minutes to talk about that. Let's start off, though, with this enormous IPO and the move down in Tesla lately. Jim, love to get your thoughts on both. Well, look, I, I, one of the things that people have to recognize is when you have a big deal like Rivian, people don't have a lot of cash hanging around. They get switches. They have to sell so what would you sell to get Rivian? Well, you'd sell something that's the equivalent. you sell Tesla. So everybody's kind of amazed uh, that Tesla's down. What, what do they think? That suddenly money came in in order to be able to buy Rivian? Right. So the whole complex is down, David, because people say, okay, listen, i got to take in my Rivian. I just got my allocation. Maybe your allocation is a little bigger than we think. I don't know. No, don't no, know no. Let me, actually, let me, uh, let me, I got a, uh, some, uh, I was hoping you would have it. I'm your Johnny Gilbert. Go this ahead. Is, this is going to be one of those uh, IPOs that you cannot it's even imagine. I'm not even going to tell you the oversubscribed numbers because it's not worth it. Every what sovereign. 30? What are you going for, 30? Every sovereign fund, every large growth right. fund, and uh, RJ, the, the CEO, yeah. he approved every single allocation, I'm told. The point I'm, I guess I'm making news. is so that tight. if you're a hedge fund, you didn't get any. Oh, thank heavens. Uh, and so it's very tight. So this is not and an so Uber. so it's all going to be aftermarket here to, to what you're talking about. And the only way you're going to actually be able to buy it is when it starts trading. And, of course, the, the question will be how high. Okay, uh, so Jim, at 90, it's equal to Ford. Everyone likes to, comp- right. everyone likes to so do that with Ford. It's, uh, at 100, it's GM. Okay. Okay. And by got, the way, let's I have just, 861 million shares out. So well, at yes, 100, people, that would be 86 thank billion. Thank you for pointing that out because yeah. there's a lot of hidden shares. Yes. If you look uh, at the at the S1, you'll see. I mean, that's right. That's eventually the number. They're going to raise 11 and a half billion dollars. No. And David, how many vehicles have they produced? 50. Well, they've got orders for 55,000. They have produced. They have produced. Uh, they've, um, 100, uh, they've done 156 vehicles. Yeah. No, 100. It's. But you it's know what? It hits everything. Only. It hits everything in this market. Okay. It yes. is a growth company. It is the ESG play. Oh. It is, I mean, it hits every single lever okay. that you would imagine. And obviously, access to capital, they're going to be able to fund losses for I don't even know how many years well, to come with $11.5 billion additional dollars and a stock that most likely is going to trade far higher this morning, but we'll see. Amazon's told me that they're 
everything they produce the buy. Right. Now, can with those core investors, like those that? cornerstone investors of Amazon and Ford. Well, ha- what, we, what will Farley do with this stock? I don't Remember, know. he's got a competitive product. Right. Uh, he put what one, total one point two billion. He was in one tranche, a second tranche, and then he was also in what to convert. So Farley's got some real decision making. Now, all these is, all these comparisons, by the way, about it's equal to one Ford. Well, wait a second. Let's say he has seven billion. Let's say he has ten billion. Ten makes billion, $10 billion stock, dollars. Right now, he can fund his own gigabattery yes. factory, and would, that which is something I've asked. By the way, great investment. It would seem to me if you're Ford, though, you may want to monetize. I think right? you have to nail it. I think you have to say, you know what? I will let mine go if Rivian wants the stock back. Mm-hmm. If they'll let it let it trade, no ledger, and then he can take the money without hurting his. I'm speaking of Jim Farley, without hurting his credit rating. So right. this is a play. On Tesla, because people have to sell Tesla to get the Rivian. It's a play on how well this Rivian deal is done, because it's actually being done by the man who runs Rivian. And it's a play on what Ford's going to do for its 2022 production. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ford is one of their principal stockholders, uh, of course, as, as you know. They put a lot of money. Yes, one here. I know they did. They put a well, lot of money. Why don't we salute in. Jim Farley is also a great stock picker. Next thing um, we know, he was in Ethereum. Right? You, was he in Ethereum? Now, uh, we'll, we'll, see where, we'll see where this opens. Right. Uh, would it won't you have open any interest? Our period. No, it most likely won't. It's going to no. be a while, one would expect. And again, with a book like this tight, um, with all these sovereign funds stepping up, with everything well, having been explain to people for, sovereign fund. And well, sovereign funds are some of the largest pools of capital on the planet. Right. And they don't, they they're don't not going to sell. They're not going to trade. Right. They're so. going to own this because it fits so many of the characteristics of things you're looking for right now. And do you think big growth, institutions? Growth, you know this, growth is still no, this is what it. people want. But and the problem, the David, is, is it, should it really be worth? Yeah. Um, do you want this thing to be worth from the get-go eighty billion? I don't know. I mean, yeah. GM is worth nine. Remember, GM. Does that make any sense? GM is. I, if if it goes to hundred dollars, it's on par with GM, which is but, eighty-three billion. It's going to trade at eighty-three billion. Should it be as large as GM, even though they've only produced one hundred fifty-six? I ask the same question, and then you get, well, they have fifty-five thousand orders. And by the way, have you seen the YouTube? Have, have you seen the YouTube video of the truck which does donuts? Right. That's the second thing. They, they have 100,000 orders. Watch the YouTube video of that truck have, going around like they this. Have a, they have 100,000 orders from Amazon, but with it yes. also uh, a caveat, which just says that's over we a, will buy another 100,000. They'll buy everything. That's over an eight-year period. Isn't but whatever they produce, they can. Amazon's captive. Right. I don't even know how they're, anyone besides Amazon is going to get it. But this is it, David. This is, this is what this IPO period is about, is Rivian. And I'm glad that you're focused on it. Well, we should be. It's fascinating. I wish we were going to have an interview with the CEO or not. Um, but what I, you know, I wanted to go out there. They have not. Uh, it hasn't happened to no, their go factory in Indiana because like I would have liked to see. By see the way, Lucid. Lucid at a seventy-two billion dollar value. What would be normal in this? I don't know. You, you, That's well, a joke. Oh, the plant's in normal Indiana. Oh, it's in normal Indiana. Mm. Well, what is a what should. But where we end up in terms of valuation, Jim, I will leave to you. Well, look, there's going to be people. To you. But let's do this. Here's things that we have to listen to. There are going to be a bunch of people who come on, and they're going to say, wow, I can't believe inflation is 0.9. It was 0.6. Are you kidding me? It should have been 1.0. Who makes these stupid expectations? I don't. I'm not stupid. I didn't go to college to get stupid. And now, on Rivian. But we're going to have people come on and say, well, this is really what shows you how, how much froth there is. Jay Powell's doing like, These people who say these things, what are they like, from, like the Dick Van Dyke show? I mean, you know, give me a break. What is it, like Maury Amsterdam? Honestly, I mean, what are they, jokesters? We all know this stuff is happening. What good has it done? What good has it done to people at home that we've kept people out? 
Because, oh, Rivian. Oh, Tesla. Ooh. I know. Oh, All right. Okay. What, Fair enough. Our, is our job to keep people out of making money? Or is our job oh, to monitor oh. that Rivian's happening? Okay. It is, but you can also raise questions about the underlying value you of these companies. You can raise eyebrows, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I do but, that with AMC. You bring it up all the time. You're supportive of it, but there's nothing that supports no, but, a $22 billion value for that company based on the things no, that we have been reporting it. on you for sell the last 30 shares? years. Here's what supports it. Want to sell a million shares? 36 bit. That's what supports it. See, it's where you can sell a million shares. That's what matters. You Not know, speaking, like, ooh, speaking, hold just a Speaking of Don't that. Don't need a weatherman to tell which way the wind blows. It's not clear. The, after the earnings... After, the reactions we're getting in the stock market lately after earnings, whether up or down in these stocks, have been pretty dramatic. You mean like a toast? And so night, which you can't toast? necessarily sell where you think you might be able to. You're selling down 25 or up 25 a lot more days well, than you might a, have thought. Well, that's the swings are what, incredible. Why? Do you know why? I've been asking the question. I'm well, not getting straight answers. I mean, there are well, funds. Give you that can't, there are a lot of funds that can't tolerate this kind of volatility. They yes. get out to a certain extent. Those there are, are called there cowards. Are, there are zero they, they, net they call funds them cowards. that need to cover. Uh, things that they have hedged when they see these kinds of moves. Yes, that's, other people that's Roblox. Point to retail I had Roblox on last night. And what options. did Roblox do? They did what I expected. But there were a bunch of... So uh, stock I don't want to call them jokers or mount bombs. Why did the stock I, I go up 40%? Call, excuse me? Why did the stock go up 40%? Because people thought that they would be Peloton. Now, I saw Mr. Foley last night. I already want to apologize for what I'm about to say. But you're not going to hang a jog bra on a Roblox. You're not going to hang a what? A jog bra. But when you have, oh, when you have, right. a, yes, got it. When you stop right. using you Peloton because you go you back to spin class, on the, the job. Yeah. yeah, stick with me here. I'm Work trying. with me. I'm Work trying. with me. I, Roblox did the quarter, maybe a little bit better. They had some good orders, but we all thought that Roblox was going to collapse once you let kids back to school. It turned out that Roblox is, is okay. a better omniverse was trade. That, it's that, an omniverse play. Understood. But and so, by the way, can we just go there? People didn't like Unity. Because they just, they didn't like the Peter Jackson did the, deal. Did you have the CEO on last time? What, Unity or Roblox? Roblox. I had Roblox, of course. Yeah. What do you think? I'm, like a, I'm a booking magician. You are a booking magician. But Roblox is a very great story. Do we want to listen to what story. he had to say? You want to hear? You, you want have to hear a sound? You have yeah, a, what's called a C-O-T? S-O-T? Yeah. Give me an S-O-T. All right, I'll give, a, give you a little bit At first, here. like, it took me seven years Take to listen to sound on it. Metaverse Innovation, the CEO of Roblox, last night on Mad Money. Thank you. For the last 16 years, we've been innovating on this category, building an amazing community, not just of players, but an amazing developer community, 2 million strong, that makes everything on our platform uh, a rich economy. And our whole company is really focused on the innovation to drive and shepherd this vision of what some people call the metaverse or human co-experience forward. Human co-experience. Human co-experience. Is that Everyone's what we're going to Everyone's got their terms. Now, can we just understand that if Mark Zuckerberg's watching, which he's probably not, he's probably doing a little sleeping, um, but they spent a fortune on safety before they ever got this going. That was another clip that we could have used, but this is better. And they have the legitimate $500 million developers. They want to make all the developers rich. Now, Facebook has a $150 million fund. Uh, but, David, what we're, we're missing the whole point here. Okay, tell me, what's is, the whole point? Yesterday, Jensen's... Jensen Wong's keynote, which a lot of people are just poo-pooing because he didn't, like, break news all over the place. Yep. Jensen is talking about what we really care about, David, which he's talking about CEO your twin. NVIDIA. He's yep. talking about your twin. You're going to get your twin. and Your what, digital twin. Okay, so listen to this. Okay, so he's got your avatar. Now, here's what he has that nobody else has. He has characters who can see, speak, and converse with your digital twin. This is what I've been waiting for. So I don't know how you feel about Milton. My father loved Milton. Um, not Milton Berle, 
the writer. Milton, the writer. The writer. Yes. Okay. So you could have Milton read to you. Yeah. Francis Bacon maybe jump in and okay. say, look, I don't really like that. And then Shakespeare just trumping everybody. And can you talk to them? <laughs> can they answer questions them. or can, can they just talk- do one thing? Is it like the whole of presidents at Disney where oh, they no, get no, up they, and then they, you know, no, like no, the no, robots? They can, you can talk to them. Oh, yeah. You could tell right. Cezanne. I'm not kidding. Get this. Yeah. Cezanne, he was you an artist. you paint something for me? Yeah. He was right. you know, a modernist. He's a modernist. Yes, I'm aware. You could say to Cezanne, do you mind? Enough with the fruit. Enough with the fruit. Could you give me a seascape? Okay. You could go to Monet and say, how you doing, fruit? And they understand idiom. Some, By the way, do you know he water? understands idiom? Like when I, I met with Jensen, water, remember I tell place, you something. Uh, uh, yeah. he, said, he said, you know what? What? I figured out idiom. And I said, in other words, outlaw Manchurian candidate, if I said go jump in a lake, hey, jump out of the lake, or get out of town, his characters we'll actually understand, understand that that's colloquial. All right. So, David, what do you want Jensen to program? How about... Well, I still have my question. Did he answer it? When, I'm, like to speak when to- I'm dead, am I going to still be alive in the metaverse? We'll work on that. But how about, an the, answer from how, about the Faber, how about the Nixon-Faber interviews? I don't think Wilfred Frost would be happy about that. No? no. I, I was thinking I think that. he's got the copyright. No, the Nixon-Faber interviews. <laughs> the the right. Nixon-Faber Jim, Frost. we got so many other names to David, get to but this, this morning. This is the most exciting it morning is, of the sh- year. Because of Rivian. Yes, we're going to follow Rivian. We're also going to get to Upstart, which is by the way, can I just say, Andrews? Can we get some of Andrews Sorkin stuff? Sure. Great conference. It was amazing. It was amazing. Amazing. And it's one. But coming up next, day two. Coming up next, we're going to talk a bit more about GE and that stunning story yesterday, of course, that we spent a lot of time uh, on. David Zaslav is going to join us, of course, longtime GE employee. Talk about. Don't you wish you could have Newman? Newman? Newman. Not Adam the one Newman. From, no, the one from Seinfeld. Uh, Who cares about that guy? He's a oh washed gosh. up guy. All right. Take a look at futures. We got a lot more squawking the street coming right back at you. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Well, one day removed from uh, GE's plan uh, announced yesterday morning to split into three companies. Of course, uh, a company we know well, having uh, worked for it uh, when NBC was uh, one of those many properties that were eventually sold. Many say at lows instead of highs and what was bought was bought at highs. Uh, but uh, many people still reacting to uh, to that decision, including longtime former employees of the company uh, earlier this morning on Squawk Box. You may have heard from Ken Langone, former GE board member, Larry Bossidy, a former member, senior executive uh, at GE before he moved on to Allied Signal. Let's bring in somebody else who uh, 
spent a long time at the company, runs a pretty big company of his own, soon to get a lot bigger. He's David Zaslov, the CEO of Discovery, and uh, joins us on the phone. You know, David, just give me your give me your reflections, of course, as a longtime member of the business community here and certainly one who spent a lot of time with Jack Welsh during what were the great days at GE, as you heard that news yesterday. Uh, thanks, David. Well, look, I mean, Jack really created uh, the first industrial global conglomerate. When we think about global companies now and the fan companies and the scale and leverage and, and impact they could have on the world, uh, that's what Jack created with the first global company. I mean, he was you know, a massive balance sheet, great intellectual capital, the best and the brightest people wanted to work there. Jack himself, a force of nature. But, you know, it was when things got bad at countries or when things when in the 80s, when when the economy turned, it was really GE that was the backstop. GE and Jack were sort of like what uh, what Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan were during the financial crisis. And when big assets were sold, it was GE. When companies needed to borrow money to stay afloat, it was GE. When Agnelli was having trouble staying alive with Fiat, and it looked and he was so much of the GDP of Italy, it was Jack and GE that that got in there and kept kept Italy going at a time when uh, if they had fallen. You know, Russia was was at the border. So I mean, he ha- he was the, the industrial conglomerate at that point, GE. It was heady times, and it was very very big impact. Um, uh, you know, the world has changed, but I think Jack's philosophy of being number one, and if anything, this tells us is you have to earn it every day. If you're not, if the consumers and businesses don't wake up every day wanting to buy your product. Then uh, you know you 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 can't continue to to be the most admired and uh, and and the company of leadership around the world. Yeah, I mean, listen, we spent a lot of time analyzing what was the slow but steady decline of many of those businesses you're discussing, uh, and many of the decisions that were made after uh, a Jack, of course, uh, by longtime CEO Jeff Immelt. But David, I mean, to be fair, you know. Do you think that GE Capital, for example, which became so large and profitable during Jack's tenure, should have been reined in earlier? Um, you know, if it had been, would things have been any different than where we are today? Well, look, I think that the, the whole question of an industrial conglomerate and the synergy between, there was always a question. When, and, you know, I would ask Jack and the analysts would ask, and they would ask Jeff, what's the reason why GE needs to be together? If, even if you have 12 first-in-class businesses. What's the synergy of having them all together? And the real synergy was intellectual, you know, the best and the brightest people and the ability to rotate them around. There was always right. this issue of GE Capital. Uh, because GE had such a big balance sheet, you know, they owned so many assets. And eventually, GE Capital really became a massive bank. And, you know, the when, when the economy turned, you know, it, what happened in the 80s where GE saved businesses and saved the economy, that GE itself needed to be saved. So I think you're right. At that point, uh, something was going on at Capital that was putting the whole, uh, the whole company at risk, effectively. Well, that premium that investors were once willing to pay for a conglomerate, obviously, has gone the other way. There is a discount. At least that seems to be the thinking of current management under Larry Culp. Do you agree with the plan as, as, uh, as we now know it to split the company into its three component parts? Do you think it's a good move? You know, I'm not that close to it, but it, it, if you look at the culture, things have changed. In fairness, I think Jack saw for the last 10 years that, that GE wasn't the same and something was going to need to be done. And look, malls aren't what they were. 
you know, and the, the way people buy products, the way businesses are aggregated. I think in the end, uh, it's probably the right thing. The market will tell. But uh, the real question is having all these different businesses together, what is the synergy? Um, and the synergy before really was was a philosophy of, of, of being number one and having the best and the brightest people and a great leader in Jack in the middle. And, you know, over the last 20 years, I think a lot of the reasons for doing it have fallen apart. Yeah. Uh, Langone, as I mentioned, was a guest on Squawk Box earlier. David, I don't know if you heard it, but take a listen to what he had to say in terms of, uh, of Jeff Immelt and, and that period of time that obviously led to perhaps where we are today. I read Jeff's book. If you read the book, you think he did a magnificent transformation. He sounds like Biden getting out of Afghanistan. Jesus. Any thoughts about that? I'm going to stay away from that one. It's a, in some ways, it's, a, it's sad, but I think the lesson for all of us is GE was an extraordinary company, created a lot of value, but you got to earn it every single day. And uh, I think you know now, as, Colt, as he splits this company up, there's still some great assets there. And, uh, you know, w- whether it's aircraft engines or they're going to have to figure out how to really create great products and create great shareholder value. Otherwise, you know, they're going to yeah. get tipped over, too. It's true for all of us. It's, yeah, it's true for you, too. Listen, you know, you obviously you want your stock price to be higher. You're in the midst of a very important uh, in, potential integration as you work through the regulatory on, on uh, taking in the Warner properties. Uh, I mean... That's the name of the game, David. Uh, you know, you got to deliver at some point over a period of time for your shareholders, don't you? Long-term shareholder value is the number one thing that you have to do when you when you run a company and you get up every day. The way to do it is to create products that people love and want to spend time with, and that's that's what that's what we all do. Hey, David, Jim Cramer, thanks for calling in. As always, terrific. Uh, you know, I don't really care about mistakes. Because mistakes, if they're owned, are okay. I care about disclosure. Uh, did the company ever really realize its exposure to uh, long-term care and what it meant? Because I thought it was deceitful. Uh, did they understand uh, how many homes they owned in Europe and how much exposure they had, banks, and how much they, how many leases they had? It seemed to just be never really disclosed properly. But I go back over this because it, there are auditors. There is an audit committee. And, uh, David, this company did not function in a way that I thought was honest or fair because there were a lot of things that we did not know about it. And a lot of people bought the stock not knowing about this exposure. Look, I'm just I'm simply a media guy. I spent uh, uh, 18 years working there and at NBC and I got a chance to, to see Jack travel the world and I got a chance to see what a real global company looks like um i'm not a finance guy and uh i'm not an investor um i just i just uh, i'm glad i was along for the ride to see a great industrial conglomerate at its, at its height and now it's a new day and I, you know i i, yeah. I hope that all yeah, those positions uh, succeed and finally david since we got you uh, just a quick question on biz right now um i know you can't talk about too much but advertising uh, you know, we've got a number of uh, businesses because of supply chain issues and the fact that their products may not actually be on the shelves may be pulling back on advertising. Are you seeing that at all? Any concerns from your perspective? Well, as I've said, we had a, probably the, the strongest upfront in, you know, in, 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 in that I've ever seen. Having said that, you know, we're not immune to some of these supply chain issues as a media industry. And so we are feeling some of it. But ultimately, 
you know, advertisers continue to feel that advertising on linear television, you know, is the best way to uh, move product and the best way to build brands. So, you know, in the long run, uh, the outlook is quite good. All right. Well, we're going to bring you back soon to have a much deeper discussion about your company and what's coming up there. But appreciate you taking time. Thank you, David. David Zaslov. Big uh, Discoveries. Sure thing. CEO. All right. We're up next. We're going to get uh, Jim's Mad Dash. We'll count you down to the opening bell five minutes from now. Stay with us. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to get to a mad dash, then we'll get you to the opening bell. A lot of stocks to discuss, including Wynn with an unexpected resignation of uh, the CEO, or at least right. in time. No, I yeah. want to call this an unexpectedly expected departure. Okay. Because when you listen to what Matt Maddox, who was one of my absolute favorites, who was left-hand man of Steve Wynn, and came in, uh, he basically said, listen, I wanted to clean the mess up, and once it was cleaned up, I wanted to go. Well, no. No one wanted him to go. Okay. And he's also helping Macau. Why did no one want to go? Because he maintained the upscale, fabulous tradition that Steve Wynn had. Uh, and, of course, he also did an amazing job at Macau. Now, there are people who are going to say, wait a second. It cost that company $13 billion to build all the properties. It sells at $10 billion. MGM and Las Vegas Sands are both much, much bigger. Will they buy this company? The reason I say that is because this stock was immediately down four as soon as we found that Maddox was out. And then it shot up, up five. So I searched for, like, the down four is easy because Maddox, no one would believe, is fantastic. He's also um, young. He's not, it's not no, like he's no, a, it's like, at the uh, you know, no, retirement I, I, age. I sent him an email saying I was just completely crushed because I liked him so much. Look, all right. Consolidation, you never know, I guess. That's been around sometimes. I haven't heard anything lately, but... Um, Jim, we got the opening bell here, of course, uh, and you can take a look. We're most likely going to have more red on that board than green. We didn't get to talk about CPI yet, which we will. Came in at up to 6.2% year. And there is the uh, opening bell here. Uh, here at the big board, CI. An outsourced IT services provider. That's an IPO. And then you can see it's Rivian, electric uh, vehicle maker, of course, celebrating its IPO, ringing the bell from its manufacturing facility in Normal, Illinois. Earlier, I yes, misspoke and said their manufacturing was in Indiana, Illinois. I want to again emphasize uh, there are big deals that happen that are not really controlled by the institutions, the, the brokers, because they lose control of it. Facebook, they lost control of. Uh, they lost control of Uber. This one, because management chose to be involved, will not. 
be the kind of fiasco that we often see when the underwriters do it, because the syndicate desks don't care. It's like, oh, all right, well, give me the next one. No, Rivian care, and that's tremendous, and I salute them for actually being involved in the process. Yeah, and again, just to give you a little insight based on what I've heard in the marketplace this morning, uh, every sovereign fund is lined up for this thing. All the big growth fund and platforms for growth. And those are people um, who buy You're not talking position. about hedge funds. You're not right, talking right. about those that might quickly uh, exit the stock so, David, with is- an allocation of some significance. They're not getting a lot. And by the way, uh, the CEO, I'm told, approved every allocation. We've seen that sometimes. I can remember back to Alibaba, one of the biggest IPOs we've oh, ever saw. Dude. Joe Tsai signed off on every allocation. That actually ended up going fairly well as well. Yes, and that's what I think expect here. I think people should understand, if you're a big institution, what you'll do is you'll put in for 100% of the deal. You're not, you put in for 10%, actually. So I'd like to circle 10%. They're going to get a lot, but in order to be able to get all they need, they have to go in the aftermarket and buy more, and they end up with a great basis because they bought a lot at the opening. Right. That's what's going to happen to this one, and I think people have to recognize, don't feel shut out. Okay. Don't feel shut out. Meanwhile, Tesla shares, Jim, down again. We'll see if they rebound a bit. Uh, it is below a trillion dollar value. So we're talking over $200 billion in um, lost market cap in a couple of days, handful of days. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, with all things considered, uh, Elon picked a real bad time to be the class clown, didn't he, in selling his stock? He could have set up easily a stock sale plan. We wouldn't have to worry about this, but no. He uh, hurt his own cause. You think so? By what? Yeah. Having the Twitter poll? and Yeah, the Twitter poll, like what yeah. I should do, my estate planning. Well, as Robert plan. Frank pointed out, you know, in his great reporting, pointed out, he had to sell anyway. I mean, right. he's got a huge tax right. bill coming because of these options that are going to expire that but he's got to exercise. They're $6.24 option, by the way. So, I mean, well, I guess, that's yeah. the strike price. So Don't cry for me. Uh, no. Tesla. Um, but he's going to have a huge tax bill as much as $15 billion, so he's got to sell stock in order to pay the tax bill. It's a very retail-owned stock, and people are going to say, well, wait a second, maybe i got to dodge a bullet here. And then a lot of people own it and want to own Rivian. Why not? Rivian's got a great story. Right. But, you know, the, here's one big issue, David. How many underwritings can this market handle? We have Coinbase, which I regard as being a suboptimal situation. Okay. We had Unity last night. I liked Unity, but people didn't like the fact that they bought the Peter Jackson business, which I kind of liked, and a negative free cash flow. We had Toast, which I thought was last last night's fiasco. Uh, fairly disappointing. We had Upstart, where they talked about fraudulent loans. You're That's not through, so great. Yeah, well, you know, we you're going through them Poshmark, so fast. If you just, don't mind, can we just well, slow down, or are you making a, a broader point about this? My broader this? point is, is that we've had a lot of merchandise come, and it's not all been perfect. So now people are like kind of saying, wow, I got very excited about, let's say, Toast. Well, no, let's say right. Upstart, because I'm looking at it well, right Well, I happen here. to like David Drew And it's much. down 21.5% to the point that we were making earlier. The moves in many of these stocks are, are, are extraordinary, either up or down. But I don't remember a period where we've seen so many plus 20% or down 20% days based on earnings. And I, don't I don't know like what the that. miss was there, Jim. Uh, obviously, this is a new company. It's, you know, AI to help banks season, make right? better heavy credit decisions. Heavy shorted. Now, they did talk about how the end of the pris- being a prisoner of FICO scores, which aren't really well run. These guys have done, uh, they've done a huge number of loans. But here's the problem, David. They mentioned fraudulent loans. They have problem fraudulent loans. They well, mentioned fraudulent yeah, loans. Well, I mean, like, right. wait a second. Why did they do that? It's, like, very small. But they put that out. So that, that got people very worried. 
But Dave, the main thing is, is that these are unseasoned stocks. And nobody well, they knows are, and they also trade. trade at very significant multiples because they are growth companies. I mean, right. you know, to, to put it in perspective, uh, you know, they had 28.6 million in income from operations at Upstart. Adjusted EBITDA was 59 million. I mean, you're talking about, a, you know, coming into today, a company had a $25 billion market cap. Right. Now, people came on the call and said, listen, last time you bumped numbers by 150 million, this time you only beat the estimates by 60 million. Well, what if this, you want fraudulent? It's this whole notion of estimates. And, I mean, we get, how much did you beat the estimates by? And, and we'll if go you back didn't, a little bit on and the by the way, I so think there's no fraudulent here. For people. I think they're great. Because, you know, it's important, I think, people realize how much the stock has moved up. So can we, five right. days well, not really helpful. Right. There we go. See, that puts it in perspective. Right. Well, it's just been such a win. Remember, this is, you're no longer a prisoner of FICO. They do it with artificial intelligence. There was a period where if you mentioned artificial intelligence, then the stock just took off. Uh, but they are very well run. I happen to think it's a great company, but it went up so much. And then you have, you have the confusion over PayPal yesterday, which my charitable trust owns. Yes. And um, what's, What was the confusion, Jim? You were very negative on it. Or very, the, the confusion very was upset. we thought that, that the tail end of the eBay overhang where they split and eBay took um, their the business of the credit card. No longer using their payments. Right. No longer well, using I mean, PayPal's we're, payments. We're still trying to digest that. They can't digest that. They didn't think that this would be with them. And I, look, I happen to think, I said in my, uh, for my bullets, for uh, my the club, the investment club, there will come a time when you have to buy this. Right. You have to. When, when is mean, the time, Jim? Is the time now? No, because the time comes to do with the y-axis. <laughs> the, when did the seller stop? I mean, you're back, you can see from that chart, you're back to levels you haven't seen in quite some no, because people have decided, wait a second, maybe we've got other buy now, pay later outfits, you know, Klarna, and we've got a firm. I'm spending a lot of time after I leave here, David, with MasterCard. Okay. Now, I want to tell you that MasterCard is a no-nonsense, fabulous company. Yes. With, you know, that A.J. Bonga put on a path, and Mr. Meebach, Michael Meebach, has taken it there. And that's a paper, you know, plastic, paper to plastic it's an incredibly well-run company. It's far bigger than all these other guys. But the market is mispricing a lot of merchandise. Smaller companies that they think are going to take over the world. And individuals at home are probably saying, well, wait a second. I thought Toast was point of sale and they dominated. No. Lightspeed came out and said we're going to cut prices for point of sale. So, hey, you know what? There'll be a price war. There are price wars in a lot of places. Unity, David. Let's talk about that for a second, okay? Okay, please. Unity is metaverse, right? And what they decided to do is they bought this company, Weta, which is, you might know, Peter Jackson's company from Word of the Rings. Yes. And at one point in the conference call, they say, look, you know, you might like us, but we are not able to do the kind of things that you think we can do in terms of the metaverse. What, in terms of being recreating able to, things in, yeah, in terms like of the digital well experience as, you're going to have in the metaverse? Yeah. And, you know, that hurt. Yeah. Although... Um, you know, they talked about how market, that's it's not, not that the best tool for mustache. And then, by the way, um, Apple iOS issues with a lot of different companies like uh, Poshmark. Um, Jim, we spent some time, of course, with I don't Mr. Zaslav talking about place, GE. Yeah. That's okay. I'm going to focus you on GE because you used to spend a lot of time talking about this guy, Tusa, the analyst of J.P. Morgan yeah, with great influence. Like him he doesn't like much. the breakup. He thinks that some of the parts... Um, well, the bull case is 120 to 125, but he could make an argument for a clear path to 80 to 85, just based on various multiples, peer multiples for the businesses. It's a negative. Man, he just, he just, he just can't do it. He, he's relentless. No, he talked about healthcare being very overvalued. He did like the part that was sold to Danaher. 
Uh, I think Steve is a little bit. Uh, he, he's a little bit um, Ahab on this. Yes, there's a little yes. bit of Ahab here. Not monomaniacal, you think? In some well, ways, I just or? think that there's a great white out there. It's not going to 88. Actually, it's, it's a whale. It there. wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't. Wasn't a great white. No, all right. But well, you've the, got great whites on the brain. See the great white. What's going on with you in great whites? Matawan, New Jersey, and killed five people, and also stole a lot of my Apple iPhones. Yeah, that was yesterday's. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just when you get that drained. that call that you have you been hacked? Um, no. When you get the hacked call, there is a moment where you realize that you may have funded a whole city without realizing. David, we have to deal with DoorDash. Yes, I want to do that. Uh, it was a remarkable quarter. They built, bought a company called Wolt, W-L-T. It's from Helsinki. Uh, and we, the, the amazing thing about this, David, is that people love this $8 billion acquisition. They love it because they feel that DoorDash has now sewed up the world when it comes to delivery. They're delivering more things, obviously, than just food. Right. Uh, they're talking about the lifetime value of a customer. So that's one that survived the uh, Rivian onslaught. Um, you had uh, you had the CEO on with you last night on Mad Money. Tony Shu, he's remarkable, um, and he was talking about sort of executing in terms of the business plan. Let's take a listen. At the end of the day, is an execution business. It's not a set it and forget it business. And so, who we operate with, how we do business, you know, caring about capital efficiency, ripping out every penny of inefficiency. And, 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 you know, building a business that obsesses over the customer, that's really what the two teams are about. Stock up 16%. This is a $75 billion market cap when, company now? I know. When, I met, when I met Tony, we had a very contentious lunch where I just said, I was right, I think it was right at the end of 2019. Uh, I said, look, wait, I mean, wait, you're going to have to have something where everybody's going to stay home and, and, and have food delivered. Well, covid Everyone stayed home and had Yeah, no, I remember prior to them going public meeting with him as well. You know, though, Jim, you come back to some of the the size of these companies now and the multiples that they're trading at. Multiple to sales or multiple earnings. Yeah, whichever one you want. Um, Now, we are in a world where, what's the tenure right now? One four? Even with CPI running above expectations for 5.9 and hits 6.2? I just... Are you concerned at all? Well, I mean, as we're going to watch Rivian today well, you hit heights that like may balance. bring it above uh, the market value of Ford and or GM. Well, I don't mind those because those are always facetious. Those are saying, listen, that's internal combustion engine and we're dealing with the engine of the future. And I'm not like the chef of the future. That fabulous. Okay, so you're, you're, o- you're OK with whatever value. Yeah, well, because I think that these are technology delivery systems. And one is a delivery system based on something that, I, that no one wants for the environment. And the second is a delivery system that is preferable for the environment. And when you have COT26 and you have all these companies fighting to be able to make it so that the, the planet is not destroyed, you don't want ice. You don't want internal combustion engine. It's just bad technology. Not unlike, uh, for these people, it's not like, it's like horse and buggy. It's like a typewriter. Right. Except for it's pollute, uh, pollution. So right. these, are different, these are different entities. They're different companies by technology. And that's what Ford, Jim Farley, rec- re- he, re- he recognizes that. That's why he's trying to electrify his whole line. That's why he wants to uh, bury Musk. He does. I know. You talked about Musk. that a lot. Bury him. Well, he has a bury Musk unit, I think. It's like the JFK. Remember the RFK unit, the Get Hoffa unit? They worked around the clock to get Hoffa. That was RFK, right? RFK. Yeah. yeah. He's an amazing man, RFK. Very vindictive, very smart. Yes. Just plenty of that little history lesson. Well, we're talking about inflation in the 60s. I'll give you a little RFK. 
I, I hear you. I think I've made this point before. Apparently, he helped me up when I was a baby, you know, when he was running for true. Senate. That's not true. 68 in New York? What was that? Jeez, I 66? I campaigned for him, and he held you up as a baby? I, uh, yeah, There's a difference in age, too. That's what I'm told. Who knows? Could be lore. Could be family I'm lore. Bell. I'll ask my mom. So yeah. it's not just Jeopardy. You also... Okay. Yeah, I'll ask my mom. See if that was true. Let's get her on the phone. All right, still to come. We're going to have more on GE's breakup. We're going to talk to Dave Cody, by the way. He once ran Honeywell. Of course, also ran GE's appliance uh, division. But don't forget Vertiv. That stock's done very well, Jim. It's one of the few SPACs that I like. Yes, it was one of the earlier SPACs in the done quite well. Uh, let's give you a quick bond report here. You can see where we stand on yields. I said 1.4 really on that 10-year. We're almost touching 1.5 uh, and so up on the day. We'll be right back. You can get on the on the new CNBC Investing Club with Jim. You can sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash investing club. Or you can point your phone at the QR code on the screen. You can also do what I do. When, if you see Jim on the street, you can actually hold up your own phone to his head. It works like Because he has a QR code embedded in his skull. And that'll also help. Take you right there. We'll be right back. Yesterday, we spoke with GE CEO Larry Cole. But if the bomber announced it'd be breaking up into three separate companies, David, I didn't hear anybody who said anything negative about that. People felt it kind of had it out, including our coming up guests. For more, we're joined now by Dave Cody. He's former CEO of Honeywell. He's former chief executive of GE Appliances. Also, he ran, he's done a lot of great stuff. He's currently executive chairman of Vertiv, which provides technology for data centers. And, Dave, I'm going to start with that because that's the matter at hand. Uh, it's always great to see you because, Dave, you are Mr. Perspective. Thank you for coming on Squawk on the Street. <laughs> well, you're very kind, Jimmy. Always fun to engage with you. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about Vertiv just for a second because this was a SPAC that was not in search of something to do. It was a SPAC that actually addressed uh, architecture of continuity, addressed basically the data center and people who really didn't know how to do, how to connect the data center to the actual part of the economy that we know. You, you created a bridge company here. And I think people should know that this was not a SPAC. It was actually a company that made sense. Yeah, and I think that's, um, you know, SPACs have come un under a lot of discussion. Uh, vilified by uh, many, uh, liked by a few. But at the end of the day, I've always said, uh, you need to take a look at what a SPAC can do for you. One is it can bring money, but really any SPAC can do that. And the real trick is to, if you're a seller, is to combine with a SPAC that can bring some operating perspective to make it a better company on a, not just a short term, but a long term basis. And I think that's what we were able to do with uh, Vertiv, and it's what made that SPAC so unique. That's generally not what SPACs are. Okay. Uh, Dave, you wrote, also wrote a book, a really fantastic book, where you talked about <laughs> what to do at a company, absolutely. And you talked about how when you came into Honeywell, there were uh, very few people who believed, and you took on all the problems. There were a lot of accounting problems. Uh, I know you were quoted this morning in the Wall Street Journal saying that GE was basically too far gone. It had to do what it had to do. But I want to ask you about the accounting problems of GE. Why were they swept under the rug for so long? They were the reasons why GE became a desperado. Well, first, uh, thank you for the uh, mention of the book. I do appreciate it. It's now on the bestseller list in China also. So it's uh, uh, very global, and I kind of like that. When it comes to the 
GE stuff, I'd have to say I haven't been there in 22 years. So it's kind of tough for me to opine on what the accounting was or wasn't. I can certainly discuss what I dealt with at Honeywell because I lived that one, but I just don't know enough about uh, the GE financial uh, accounting situation. Well, the reason I mentioned Devzone because when Larry Cope came in, there were a lot of issues. I know Mr. Flannery tried to address these too. There were a lot of issues that kind of no one knew about. And they led uh, to having to have $75 billion in debt offloaded. They led to this this kind of combination of power renewables that was supposed to be doing really well. David and I reporting endlessly that it wasn't doing well. So uh, was there an alternative? Was there anything that Mr. Cope could do to keep this company together? Uh, Well, I found it kind of interesting. I sent uh, the... um announcement to my youngest son who started a business in Atlanta, uh, sent it to him and said, uh, hey, just a heads up. And he sent back a note saying, yeah, I remember you said two or three years ago that this was going to happen. And I sent back a note saying, uh, well, I appreciate you remembering that. And I just felt at the time that the cultural cohesion, the kind of operational focus, the performance versus the S&P 500, which I think is an important dynamic for any company, especially for any kind of conglomerate, uh, all that was missing. And when you get to that point, uh, the best thing to do is get it stable enough so that you can just split it up and let the, let the companies begin anew. Now, you got to find the right leadership. It's not, everybody thinks it's simple. You just break up There's great people just hanging around that you plug into jobs and then they take off and do a wonderful job of it. It's not that simple, but it's the likely better alternative. David, I'll get back to, it's David uh, Faber. I'll get back to Verda for a moment, you know, um, and your perspective on supply chain, labor issues, you know, it's my understanding. I know you guys have a very large backlog, but that there may be labor issues that are uh, delaying the building of data centers. What are you seeing? Well, uh, there's all kinds of supply chain issues out there now. Uh, I mean, the, for us, a lot of it was connected to the uh, semiconductor issue uh, as we tried to get component parts, and that's what uh, has caused us to be unable to ship. But at the same time, what we're starting to see are data centers that are going to be unable to be completed because there's no construction labor. At the same time, you're dealing with uh, aggressive inflation. Most of us as business leaders have been saying for months, this is not transitory. This is not a two months issue. You're gonna be dealing with this for a while. You're starting to see it in the labor market. And I find it astounding that our political solution to this economic fire we have right now is to pour gasoline on it, as my good friend Pam Langone was saying on your show just a couple weeks ago. Well, Dave, look, I think you've got that great perspective. It's obvious that uh, Vertiv is a real company, whether it has supply chain problems or not, fully disclosed, by the way, in the last quarter presentation. I want to thank you, and I want to recommend people to read Winning Now, Winning Later, How Companies Can Succeed in the Short Term While Investing for the Long Term. David, uh, Dave Cody, that book correctly summarizes what you did at Honeywell, but what they didn't do at GE. Thank you for coming. Well, it's, all, I th- it's very nice of you to say, and I can promise you it's what we're doing at Vertiv. The guys would tell you it actually works. 
actually does work. Thank you, Dave. Good to see you. See you in February, and uh, maybe we do a little uh, something that my wife doesn't like to do, which is maybe see some pheasants. See some pheasants and, you know, maybe eat some pheasant. You know, you have to do something in between, but let's not talk about that. I can promise you it'll be fun. Thank you, Dave. Dave Cody. Always good to have him, of course. And you know what? He's delivered 20 years worth of delivering uh, returns, certainly. One one of the best returns, the industrial returns. And uh, people shouldn't forget that. I mean, Garrison Damchuk's doing a great job. And one of the things he did was pick a successor who wasn't, well, it was willing to undo things, which is pretty great. By the way, picking a successor very important for these companies as well. All right, what do you got on Mad uh, tonight? Automation, which I think is a very exciting company, uh, because when you go into these factories, there you see it. Okay, MasterCard, we're going to try to put the, the end of the buy now, pay later, love affair. And then, um, you know, the spoke, chief spokesperson for the, uh, the American uh, Migrant Foundation, yes. we're going to have a, a flag for it from Biohaven, which I I don't want to say saved my life, but did make it so I can come to work with their Nurtex. So good for all of us. Um, another great show coming up on Mad Money. Absolutely. By the way, David, uh, here's the deal. My daughter says that you're incredibly funny. Yes. Well, Stop. she's a very she has great taste yes. and uh, great insight. Yes. Your daughter. And you did get held by RFK, and so it was really and quite your day. I did. I really confirmed. I confirmed that I was held as a very small child by RFK. All right. And now you all know that. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.